Cast Cast. I'm here with my co-host. Hey, this is Arnella, and we are here with some guests today. Yeah, we got our um, Tash Trucking, actually's um, number one tire vendor, the guys over at Best One here in Bowling Green. Go ahead and introduce yourself, guys. Good morning, Wes McAdams. I've uh, owned and operated Best One for 23 years now in Bowling Green. That's about how old I am. So <laughs> I was telling Arnell, I've, I've, I've actually known both of you since you were little. You just uh, probably don't remember it. But right, okay. right, right. Yeah. This is my co part, Tim Harbor, best one Bowling Green. Been here since uh, 2010 and happened to be uh, Wes's nephew, oldest nephew. Okay, okay, so keeping it in the family. A, yeah, he keeps a little picture where he used to hold me upside down by one leg <laughs> in his desk just to remind me that he's still the, the big dog in charge. So. And now you hold him up by one Now I hold him up by his, his one good ankle he's got. Left. Shake out all his pennies. <laughs> That's right. We're kind of like, we're kind of like Taz. We think that nepotism is alive and well. Man, right, there's nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with keeping it in the family, man. You got to take care of years is the way that I see it. The family business is uh, difficult. It comes with drama, as you probably know. Yes. There's not a lot of, there's not a lot of uh, boundaries. Yeah. <laughs> well, you, you have to, you, you really have to kind of set the parameters on, on what gets in the open and what doesn't. Right? Oh yeah. And sometimes yeah. that takes a while, but you know, it's really not not even as much. I mean, we have some plenty of my family. My wife uh, is uh, works with me just like you know, Amira does. Yeah, right. With yeah. Tess, and um, uh, I have two nephews. My son. Um, you know, our, what's funny is you know I've I've known Todd here since he got here. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, you guys were talking on the last podcast about that old truck. You know, that first one. Yeah. I remember the truck. Uh, I think you got it at, at Averett's U.S. Express. Yep. It was an old Volvo. Yeah. For sure. And uh, like a lot of the guys that were, you know, the, 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 the Bosnian community, if you looked at a timeline of how fast that that trucking, I mean, it was, Boom. It was red hot because all of a sudden it was my brother, my cousin, my sister, <laughs> my grandma's going to be driving this truck. So... And, uh, and, and I think that that truck was, I think your mom said 2000, I think it was 2006 was the, yeah, it was the, the truck number. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And, uh, but like a lot of them, they bought these trucks with a bunch of retreads on right, the back and right, they right, were right. just blowing them out all over the country. So yeah. it kind of started its own mindset within the community, but we have, we have, uh, four sets of husbands and wives. Wow. They work in our company. We have, uh, like my receiver guy has been with me about 12 years uh, both his sons have worked for me and one of his sons still works for me at my front counter. And we have girlfriends that work for us. We have, you know, just kids, but, uh, we just love the family dynamic. Absolutely. Yeah. The more the merrier. My more wife is even, yeah. is, is working there now. Even in sales. <laughs> oh, she is. <laughs> yeah. She started off part time doing DRs and just kind of like got sucked into Delivery the business. Receipts. Yeah. There's just something about working with your family yeah. that drives you into the, yeah. There's a comfort zone there where you 100%. can, you know, that it's not always going to be perfect, but yeah. if you're going to work hard and you're going to pour your life and your blood and your sweat and your tears in right. it, why not do it for people that you truly, truly love? Right. Right. And right, if you're right. doing it right, the people that are around you right. become family. Right. And become trustworthy and, tr and they trust yeah. you. And so 
it's really good for us, man. We just yeah. dive in all the time and we never shy away from bringing in a wife or, <laughs> right. a, or a kid or there's right, been so many. Right, right, right. Our yeah. first whole crew of part-timers was everybody's kids. <laughs> everybody's kids came and worked and uh, they loved it. And those guys built a relationship there that they're, even though most of them don't work there, only two of them still work there. Noah, yeah. Wes's son, yeah, and yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Luke Johnson. Those guys are all still buddies. Like they right. were just in a wedding last week where they were all best <laughs> men. It was awesome. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, so tell us a little bit about Best One and what you guys do here in Bowling Green. Well, we eat a lot. <laughs> um, Best One is a very, uh, very unique organization. There's 300 stores. Uh, we're in about 30 states. We just added a, a Big Ten uh, store outlet down in Florida. Mm -hmm. And what makes it unique is it's uh, it's a part it's partnerships. Right. So if if you look across the nation, really, there's only about four or five players in the commercial truck tire industry. Mm -hmm. And um, best one is one of those five. We're consistently number two, three, or four on the, the largest, on the, on the list of the top 50. Um, but the difference is, is we, all the other companies uh, have a board of directors or they have one family or they have, and that's how they operate their business. Uh, best one is structured so that um, if Tim is a is an employee and he's been with me for a while, and he is entrepreneurially minded, he's got a good head on his shoulders, and he just really wants to work for himself. Best one looks at it as how can we help get him set up in business right. so that he can be a partner, and we can help set him up with buying, with insurance, with financing, mm -hmm. with with the knowledge. And, um, and in return, we're looking for a, you know, we're looking for a return on our investment. In right. Right. And, uh, so we were very fortunate, um, to get partnered up with best one years ago. And, um, uh, it allows us to be creative in our own market. Mm -hmm. Right. Best one would never put another store in Bowling Green without my approval. Right. Um, but it's not a franchise. They don't call and say, hey, we're painting the walls purple today. They, you know, <laughs> they don't do that. What they say is, what do you need to run a successful business? Uh, what do you need to be profitable? Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, it, and so you kind of can put your own flavor. So me having my family and, and right. my family, you know, it, it's highly encouraged if that's what makes it profitable right. uh, and honorable. Right. And, and um so we started out in 2000, uh, we bought a, there was a, a little tire store on Lover's Lane called S, uh, it was called Western Tire Wholesale. Mm -hmm. uh, had been around 15, 16 years, mm -hmm. uh, horrible business. Uh, most of the employees were on drugs. They mm -hmm. had a lot of theft. I mean, mm -hmm. it was, it was a horrible thing to take over. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, but it was partly owned by my bosses mm -hmm. and they're out of Louisville, right. the guys I started uh, working for. And uh, so one of their partners in this best one organization owned this thing. And they're like, we just want out. We just, we got people down there that we were struggling. We just want out. And I'm on uh, working for them saying, Hey, if you guys ever get an opportunity, or if you ever get a store, or if you ever want to, you know, I'd really like to work for myself. Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, but try to start a business for yourself. You've, you know, you, you understand you, you've just created a business. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. 
I mean, if you don't start with capital, if you don't start with some backing, if you don't start with some, some get up and just go, clawing. it's just a constant, you know, and you have a, maybe a customer that doesn't pay on time. Right. Or what, oh my God. Yeah. So we had to go through all that by turning around this, uh, this, this thing in Bowling Green and it was an opportunity and they said, Hey, we, we know of a store it's not good. It hasn't been profitable for years and years and years. And I said, I'll go. And I, that, that <laughs> night I drove my wife to Bowling Green. We looked through the windows wow. and we were like, oh my God, this is horrible. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. <laughs> we'll do it. <laughs> and and uh, Baptism you know, by fire, kind baptism of. Baptism by fire. And, you know, listening to your mom and dad's story, um, it, it is so such an ironic Thing because you know we spent time with them mm-hmm. and we know their story a little bit too but yeah it's the fact that they chose to do this thing together mm. yeah. and and you took Tahir's strength and you took your mom's strength and they they worked off each other's weaknesses mm-hmm. and that was how my wife uh was for me wow. she had a financial background she's a accounting auditing mindset mm-hmm. I'm just an old tire guy that likes to change truck tires, but I love people. Right. Yeah. Well, my wife could just, she's so introverted. She would just love to be with no people. Right. And just like numbers. But those two things together um, kind of created this, this thing. So we had a, we had a four-year-old, a two-year-old, and she was pregnant with uh, our third one. And we moved to Bowling Green, Kentucky. Wow. And, um, and that's you know that's kind of how we got started day one and and it was just it was so hard yeah so hard so for us best one is um, you know if you go to any metropolitan city you know mostly east of the Mississippi you'll find best one Nashville best mm-hmm. one Indy best right. one Louisville best right. one Cincinnati you know these these bigger markets and um, and so Bowling Green became our home. Our kids all went to school here, you know, just like you guys. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, two out of the three went to Western. And, uh, you know, we helped start a, a church. My my wife's family was Yugoslavia, mm-hmm. her, her grandparents. Mm-hmm. And uh, they all came through Pennsylvania. And uh, so coming out of more of the Serbian side, right. they were all Orthodox. Right, yeah. right, right. And I was more of a heathen. I, my, my, <laughs> my dad was Catholic and my mom was Baptist. And what that meant, the equation was, well, we just didn't go to church. <laughs> so when I met Sophie... Uh, church was her number one thing mm-hmm. and it was my number last <laughs> and uh and so i i when we wanted to get married i said well whatever it is that you got i that's what i want and uh-huh. so i want our kids to be the same yeah. and so we you know i, I changed i converted to orthodoxy we got to bowling green there's no orthodox church <laughs> so we were going to louisville oh wow two hours up two hours back two hours up to, and, and that, so we were able to get some other um other orthodox you know family over in glasgow mm-hmm. and went over and and we got about eight or ten of us together and we started now we made a little orthodox church wow so, that's awesome that is awesome yeah that is awesome there's yeah. so much more to that to that story yeah. <laughs> there's an ugly yeah. you know talking about the best one network it goes beyond like the name best one comes out of the zerker family mm-hmm. and wes had the fortune of, of knowing paul zerker and his vision and how he felt about people and relationships and how you can if you'll get people what they need and what they're after it will just trickle back into you and, and the way that he invested that time and that effort and that energy 
um, is really an amazing story and it's right. so much bigger. And they wrote a book about him called Where the Rubber Meets the Road. And I'm convinced somebody's going to write a book about Wes one day. But, <laughs> uh, you know, him coming into that connection with the guys in Louisville and them coming into the connection with the Zerker family and how that set up in, in order for him to have that start has impacted like an incredible amount of people. Right. My coming into Best One wasn't so clean as all that. <laughs> uh, my interview was at a, a college basketball game at Dental <laughs> Arena. But uh, just seeing the way that how hard he worked and how hard Sophie worked and in the passion that Wes always had with whatever he was doing, it impacted my brother and I like immensely. Right. So we always had this mindset that, man, you know, if we could just work like that someday, we might be able to do something. Right. And the funny thing was, is like, uh, we didn't get involved until we were in our mid twenties. Right. And we weren't the nicest guys and we were very hard to manage. And, and, uh, Wes is just shaking his head. Like it's a little better now because we've matured and got married. Right. And, uh, right. Most importantly, we've built our relationships with God and we've had kids. And, right. And the impact that best one has had just on our families is it's big and it's fun to look at, but it's even more amazing to watch like the next generation that's coming mm. in and these guys are getting pouring all everything yeah. that was poured into you. You're Absolutely. pouring right back and in wow. houses and you, it's funny when you hear yourself talking to them about the things that you remember. You talking sound about. just like you. Yeah. yeah. Just like uncle West. Yeah. We call him uncle dad. Most of the time. <laughs> I probably worn out three separate F one fifty seats uh, being in council with this guy over the last 13 years. But the impact is amazing. Right. And so uh, that's one of the things I think that, we draw a parallel with Taz and best one. Mm -hmm. Like I know most of your guys in the shop, I get mm -hmm. to see the movement and some of the administrative, you know, administrative faces change here and there. But for the most part there, you have your core group of people. Right. And you could come in dragging a gold bar and a string and they're not going to fall it out the door. No, right. Because they just love being a part of your family, being connected to you and how right. you guys operate. And so we draw a lot of similarities in that. And it's the same thing with best one. And we, we really love it. Now that's not to mean, or say that we're perfect and we don't have our faults. No, we no, we're all human. We're all human, but it's just, it's the environment. Right. Culture right. eats strategy for lunch, man. And we get to watch it play out every day. Culture eats strategy for lunch. I love that. I love <laughs> that. Um, that, that. That definitely, like you said, it draws parallels. Cause I mean, even with, even with Taz and like, you know, if our driver or an employer or someone has a better opportunity somewhere and they're like, I got to do this for my family. It's like, you know, as a, uh, an, executive of a family-owned company i'm always going to do what's best for my, for me and my family so i can never blame anybody for doing what's best for them and mm -hmm. their family even if that is you know going to a different company to drive or finding a different opportunity somewhere you always got to do what's best for your you and your mm -hmm. family so mm -hmm. that's just you know that's always the, the the number one thing for me a lot of times those guys will make their way back at some point oh yes you know? see that we've got family lot. like yes. noah went and did something else for a minute right. tyler went and did something else for yes. a minute and they just, you know, there's just something there and you want to right. be a part of it. Right, 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 right. And then, and then, you know, when they come back, you welcome them with open arms. Oh, yeah. It's not, there's no hard feelings. It's, hey man, you went and tried it out. Didn't work out. Come back here, you know, give me a big hug. You know what I mean? Wes flips yeah. him a best one coin. He's like, all right, carry that for the next two months. And we'll, see, <laughs> we'll see what happens. So we touched a little bit on the relationship with Taz. Can you talk to us a little bit about how that relationship started? You said you knew Taz back in, I guess, 2004, maybe even before that. 
Yeah, when uh, when he was working at Western Express early on, like a he was like a lot of them. You know, they were just looking for a they were just looking for a job. Yeah, and any old job would do. You know, just whatever. And um, one thing, you know, obviously in the in the in the Bosnian community was just it was like there was no limit to the work ethic no limit like yeah. hey we're here there's 24 hours in a day can we make it 25 <laughs> like we'll just work and work and work because we we're going to get ahead yep and um when i met your dad um really i met your dad with asmir mm. husich Mm-hmm. Yeah. And because uh, they, you know, same time, both kind of, you know, they were both kind of grinding at the same time uh, with mm-hmm. almost nothing in their pocket. Right. And uh, by then, by the time your dad bought his first truck, he knew a little bit of English. Yeah. He actually knew a little English a little more than most of the folks. Right. Uh, Asmir was was kind of right there. So those two guys would kind of bring in five guys and say, hey, he needs a tire. He needs a tire. <laughs> and, and how much is it? And that's not good enough. What else can you do? And so those two guys, that was how the, the, the relationship started was. Uh, they were kind of your liaison. They were. And, and right out of the bat, both of those guys, was I could identify that they have the this uh, same core value which is loyalty right oh yeah and um that's a really really big time for me is loyalty well yeah. both Tahir and Asmir are very loyal absolutely loyal to family loyal to friends loyal to the process yes and right so they just got comfortable uh bringing guys in introducing them helping them get set up and then they would just call me and say hey this guy's on his way you know take care of him <laughs> and both of those guys uh hey and if he don't have the money you call me i'll take care of it i'll you know he's my cousin's cousin's brother's neighbor and right. we'll take care you know <laughs> and so it, it was really just a you you uh, there's a person there's we believe God connects all these things. Absolutely. You know, and, and I think what, what Tahir understood at the beginning is it wouldn't matter to me if you were Muslim, Jewish, green, yellow, purple. Um, I got a business and you got a business. Uh, you love your family. I love my family. Uh, you need me and I need you. And so I think both of those guys recognized out of the bat that I'll take as much time We'll work through the language. We'll work through the need. And it wasn't, uh, you know, you know how your mom was pushing, you, you want five trucks, you know, you get 10. <laughs> well, through that process is where most trucking companies go bankrupt. Mm. Somewhere around that 10 to 12 is the big bankruptcy. Oh, yeah. mm. So we were just kind of watching as, you know, as those guys were growing, especially your dad, that, um, man, I hope he doesn't grow too fast and too, you know, stretch, stretch yourself yeah. too thin. But yeah. the, the difference maker was look who was getting in the truck driving seat. It was always somebody they knew, mm. someone they could trust, mm. someone they could work with or, you know, kind of keep their eye on. And that's what pushed them from 5, 10, 15, 20, 30, 40 really fast. And there was that there was that there was that moment when uh, it's not a cash deal anymore. It's. Uh, it's a credit deal mm. and uh, neither one of those guys uh, there, there's there's really three I've never had a credit application 
it was it was always <laughs> a handshake. Give me your hand. Yeah, yeah. right. And uh, you know, and so that's how we 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 did it. They got used to just calling me saying, "Here's what I need," or "Here's what somebody needs," and just man, just take care of them, and I'll take care of you. Okay. And so those relationships, well, they, you know. Ta here led me into 50 guys and Asmir led me into 50 guys. And, but out of that, there's just a handful, you know, when, when I look at across the board, um, you know, guys like, you know, Mincer, Peochin, yes, you know, just yes. a little bit older, one of our dearest friends, you know, and, um, you know, Nelly, you know, and those guys, Asmir, I mean, so we've just picked up family friends, right. you know, mm-hmm. people that you just can kind of call, right. Um, about that but our relationship was i didn't know what was going on with your mom in the background right my god you know right trying to run a trucking company from the living room you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah my, my wife can relate but i didn't know that that's what was going on right yeah so, yeah um a lot of respect for uh for your dad Definitely. We're the same age. We graduated high school, same same years. Wow. So. wow, wow. We're wow. just old guys now. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you want to go? Um, well, we wanted to get a little bit more into the tire, I almost said trucking tire industry and mm. learn a little bit more from you all. Um, I guess our first question is What a boring topic. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I, I sleep and just dream about tires. <laughs> Why the hell are Tim tires doesn't. so damn expensive? <laughs> well, yeah. there's only about 75 different answers for that. <laughs> number one is greed. They're just number rubber. One, yeah. They're just rubber, dude. The number one thing is greed. And, you know, if you look at inflation, you look how things have risen. Mm-hmm. You look at transportation costs. You look at resourcing. The question is always the same. Well, how come everything costs more? Well, everything costs more because... Everything costs more. If diesel's <laughs> going up, if oil's going up, everything else, groceries, clothes, right, tires. Right. The thing that's that we always find ourselves kind of bound to the wall with is uh, the question of how come this thing costs more, but it's already in my warehouse? <laughs> why, why, if you're going to run a national account, yeah. does it cost more now, even though it's there? And right. you, you never get like a really good sound answer, but mostly... It's process related and it's it's labor related. Definitely, there's labor. a lot of labor that goes into that. Mm. When you had COVID come around, mm. um, there was a myriad of of sort of excuses as to why tires were so far behind, why the supply wasn't there, and then why that made it more valuable. Greed is uh, we always feel the number one because we're the dealer, so we never feel like we can keep enough of those dollars here. It always has right. to go to the manufacturer or to the customer in one way. Right, but. Having that sort of resource and seeing how it's been perpetuated out all these years later where I know you guys can't find enough drivers and we can't find enough people to work in the, in the shop has a lot to do with how much they think everything's worth. Right. When you look at inflation, you look how much rubber costs, you know, Firestone owns their own rubber tree farm. Mm. Well, if they can't get enough growth and they can't get enough of it picked, they have to outsource that. So Uh when they start buying it from Croatia and Russia and everywhere else, it just adds into the cost. But he's going to have... He's probably got 50 other reasons. <laughs> yeah, let's hear it, Wes. Well, from the from the owner's standpoint, why are tires so damn expensive? <laughs> well, so many things are if 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 you went to Walmart and you, and you said, Hey, I want to find something made in America. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. It's very difficult. Right. Uh, so just like Walmart is sourcing so much from overseas. 
Well, China, uh, we saw China go from one out of 10 truck tires sold all the way to four and a half, almost five out of every 10 truck tires was wow. coming out of wow. the People's Republic of China. Of course. Because it was cost, <laughs> it was low. Yeah. They've got, I don't know, have you ever been to China? I have not. Okay, it's incredible. Uh, I've, I've seen, they'll just pick a, they'll pick a little countryside that has maybe 100,000 people in it and they'll just go put a little tire factory right there and say, hey, everybody just come make a tire. And what comes out of the back end is not that great. Uh, it produced a job. The government owns that, that factory. They own the land, so they own the profit. And they didn't really care who got it. So, man, we just need someplace to take this crappy tire that came out. Right. And so off it would get shipped to some other country, and America got very comfortable buying that product. Mm. If you look back at uh, the last uh, 18 to 20 years, there are no more truck wheel positions on the road today than there were 20 years ago. The same number of tires are sitting on the road. It's in, so we're, those wheel positions are being bought up by, look what happened in the last 20 years to a little company called Taz. One <laughs> truck, boom, 120. <laughs> well, what trucking companies are not in operation because of those 20 trucks, 120 trucks? Mm. So the, the owner operator is he's kind of gone out of business. J.B. Hunt, Schneider, Prime, Swift, right. Taz, right. Trucking, they're all getting bigger, but it's the same wheel positions. Well, an owner-operator is looking for uh, the cheapest possible tire he can get, right. but he wants a little better quality. Well, these bigger companies come in and say, hey, we don't care about quality. We've got a driver. He's not even going to check air pressure. What's the cheapest thing we can get on it? And all of a sudden, we're importing all of these import mostly trailer tires. Right, you know, right, most right, neglected, right, right. most abused, right. they, they're going to kill it. So we got really comfortable bringing that product into the States out of China. And then um, the United Rubber Workers, they start kind of balking. The guys that make Firestone and Goodyear and Michelin, they say, hey, we're losing all these uh, ability, you know, these, these chances to make tires because these guys are shipping this mm. crap over here. So that starts a little bit of a trade war. And that trade war leads to anti-dumping duties, countervailing duties, tariffs. Well, that just drives that little Chinese mm -hmm. tire up and up and up and up. Container fees. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so as those prices went up, Goodyear, Michelin, Bridgestone, that's the three biggies. Mm -hmm. They all said, well, gosh, if those prices are going up, wanna... we should go up too. <laughs> yeah, mm -hmm. right. So there's where the greed comes in. The greed is if if we would have held the line as in our domestic production, there would no, be no need for any import tires. Mm -hmm. You could buy that Firestone for what you're paying for some Linglong now. Yeah. But so greed is what keeps the distance. The, the manufacturers are only interested in the distance between what that price is and that is. Well, when container prices went from $1,500 a container to $30,000, you can only fit 300 of these dang truck tires in a container. Right. That's $100 a tire. So all of a sudden that, that import tire is $100 a tire, more expensive than it was six mm -hmm. months ago. All these manufacturers, $100 a tire. And they're making them in Tennessee, in South Carolina. They're not coming. Yeah, over that's just straight profit. They that's don't it. have to. They don't have to cover any that's expenses. Exactly they're just taking right. Straight yeah. profit. That's that's the greed part. So when shipping costs were killing these guys, these guys took advantage of it, 
And that's, that's the horrible part of it. We look at our business, we have a, we're looking for a gross profit number just like you are. Oh, we, we absolutely. know that if, if our gross profit drops too far, um, we're in trouble. So we, we got to maintain a gross profit. Well, if it gets too big, you start to see your business slow down because your, your prices are a little bit too high. Right. So we try to maintain that gross profit percentage. But look what's going on with the net profit. Mm-hmm. Do you have any employees today that cost you less than they did a year ago or two years Never. ago? Never. <laughs> no. And Never. look across the street. All these factories, a new factory goes up. The first thing they do is they put a $1,000 sign-on bonus, yep. $19.90. You don't have to work too hard. And all of a sudden, the labor pool is going there to work. Right. So you say, oh, okay, well, we'll make our guy 20. Here he comes back. And then over there is 21. Then 21. <laughs> and, and so the, we're, we're very fortunate in Warren County to have this production. Right. But what we're not fortunate to have is enough people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we got a big old battery plant coming in. Oh, yeah. It, the first place they take is from other factories. The second place they take is from the service industry. So yep. when you go to eat at a restaurant and that waiter mm-hmm. or waitress, it's hard. to it, they, they, they go get that job. Right. And so now you have a, a waiter or a waitress or you're waiting a, a little bit more at the restaurant and it affects all of us. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's such a good point. Um, like where some industries can affect other industries, but just by, just by hiring habits and things like that, I didn't even really think about that. Yeah. Yeah, If you think about it from the standpoint of, of the American manufacturer or what we come to be known as like a tier one tire being, you know, continental or Michelin, they're made in Germany and France and and Bridgestone is Japanese, but they're upper echelon tire companies. All they really had to do is hold the line where they were. And if they get a Hedler line, there would have been a, a different mindset behind buying a lot of cheaper tires because, well, if I'm going to pay that much for an extra $80, I can be in a Firestone, a Bridgestone, right. Continental. Right. They didn't do it though. They they had to, they wanted to keep that gap. It happens the same way with the factory jobs. And that's where your culture comes in. Mm-hmm. Like the only way I feel like you hold on to good employees is if your culture is set in a way where a couple bucks doesn't make the difference mm-hmm. because of what they get everywhere else inside your company. Right. You know, so that, that's what makes Price, us fortunate. Prices are coming down. Yeah. Right. They're, yeah, they're on their way back down because yep. if you look at the, the Chinese starts, it's less than one out of 10. Mm-hmm. They went right next door into Vietnam, Bangladesh, <laughs> Thailand. Thailand. <laughs> Thailand is now the number one importer. Wow. Well, it's not going to be too long before you'll see all these crazy tariffs and stuff go hit Thailand. Yeah. Right. And so all the Chinese government did was go across, right across the border. If you look, all these tire factories are right across the border. <laughs> the, 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 it's owned by China, but they got a little fellow from Bangladesh making that tire. Right. And so it comes out of a different port. It's not China. You change the name. Right. Same yeah. tread. Same exact <laughs> yeah. tread. Same exact yeah. literally compound in the yeah. tire. Yep. It just has a we're, different name, different tax ID number. We're seeing, <laughs> we're seeing tires made in places that you would have thought, there's no way in hell a tire could be made in the jungles of somewhere. <laughs> they are putting tire factories because wow. it doesn't have a tariff yet. It doesn't have yeah. a wow. duty. Wow. Yeah. Like it's more, it's cheaper to build a factory out there and like... Yep. From the ground up than it is to just pay that tariff in oh, China yeah. to get it. That's it's exactly right. Absolutely. Crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. Um, so a little bit about a little bit 
into that, um, what were your guys' like supply chain challenges after COVID? I know like we could not get a truck to save our lives. <laughs> I'm sure it was similar to you guys as well. It, it is. The resource demand is is <clears throat> there. You know, the demand for the supplies there. I think that sometimes manufacturers play a little bit of a game where they create scarcity on their own. Mm. And even if they've produced it, they don't necessarily release it because they're trying to get the, the bang for their buck. Oh, yeah. And so there's kind of this running uh, joke in our industry where right before a price increase, everything gets there slower, you know, <laughs> and then right after the price increase, all of a sudden, all of your stuff comes in yeah. and you've got all your invoices. So that's a huge thing. We have tried to get a lot better at forecasting. Mm-hmm. because of how slow things moved. And again, a lot of that was connected to the labor force, right. whether it was drivers to move it or ships to bring it over or everybody's scared. So nobody works at the Harbor and ships are just floating out in the ocean. <laughs> yes. We try to get a lot better at forecasting. So you take a company like Taz, Taz uses a lot of tires. Mm-hmm. So you're trying to, you're trying to order in a way 30, 60, 90 days out where you can supply what they need and then any extras that come up because there's always extras. Mm-hmm. And so our challenge is really trying to forecast what are we going to need versus what do we want to pay taxes on? <laughs> the right. Year, right, so right, 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 right. That's one of our, that's our biggest challenge is trying to forecast that and then trying to get full, clear communication across all of the channels and all the networks for every vendor. Because as a dealer, we don't just kind of pigeonhole with one dealer. Right. We, we want all the options because that's the, how we bring value is being able to reach out and pull from different levels and different places. Right. It's kind of like a, kind of like, 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 like orchestrating a dance really. Cause mm-hmm. you have to, you have to make sure that you have enough to supply everybody, but also not enough to get taxed on. Right. So, yep. so it's definitely, it's definitely like you're out there the, choreographing. Yeah, the, the manufacturers, <laughs> um, if, if you look at, if you look at their bank account, uh, during the COVID years, you'll see that their cash went through the roof yeah. because they sold all their product. But the, mm-hmm. So the first thing they did is they stopped production, just like everybody. They, okay, everybody shut down for a minute. Well, they shut down too. And they deleted um, their inventory because they didn't know that, oh my God, trucks are still going to roll. <laughs> yeah. And if trucks are still rolling, well, we got some tire dealers that are still open. We never closed we never closed. Nope. Yeah. You know, so yeah. we, we're out there putting on truck tires. And and so their inventory, it was a crazy, if you've ever seen the Bridgestone Warehouse down in Lebanon. Oh my goodness. It, it stretches from here to that building across the street. And their warehouse is dark. Right. And everything is picked by a robot. Wow. And you would go down and you'd watch because they had these big glass windows. And these things are, and you can see the lights on them. And they're just zooming all over the place. We went down there and not one robot is moving. There's no tires in this whole warehouse. So the manufacturers said, hey, we're going to make X number of tires and we're going to turn the machine off. And every one of those were sold. So they made it from 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 the machine to the back end of a truck to the dealer. And, and now their cash flow went through the roof because it was just in time manufacturing. Right. They could have kept the machine on and just kept producing tires to get those production models back in. Mm-hmm. But they all chose cash instead of convenience. Mm. What they did is they opened the door for all these dang brands to come right back in because Bangladesh didn't shut down. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And Thailand didn't shut. So all we did was we opened the door 
to flood the market with more brands. Greedy. That's exactly right, brother. You would be, it it would shock you if you knew how many container fulls of tires that we've moved just in this county that Mm. were on the ocean, came from some little, you know, podunk jungle Mm. factory, and we couldn't, we couldn't keep them in enough stock fast enough. Wow. Like we would unload this thing. And there would be guys waiting in the lobby wow. for their 50 <laughs> tires that they need because they've got 10 trailers. You right, know? right. And so it was crazy to watch. It's almost like this. I told you this was boring. Yeah, <laughs> it is kind of boring. No, this is interesting. Come they, on now. It's this, it's this facade. It's a mask of success because right. they're like, yeah, we're, well, we're selling. We've got this piece of the market. And we're selling everything that we make. But you're only producing it 30% right. more than you normally do. So it creates this sort of mask of success. But in reality, it's like, dude, you're losing ground to everyone else because we can't get what you need. And so as a dealer, it begins, it begins to become frustrating because you kind of take uh, in, in support of your manufacturer, you go and you, you sell their product uh-huh. and you introduce them. Really, what you're doing is you're allowing them to cash in on your relationship. Uh-huh. So we've got a relationship with Tahir and Taz. And we're like, and Bridgestone's like, hey, we would love to do business with a Taz. Well, let me go introduce you to some guys. And it works It works all the way around because I get to move units. I get to take care of the people that we care about. You're, right. a, you're a tier one, top level customer. And this product is tier one, top level stuff. So you're doing this and you're moving this product. Well, then when the product door shuts off, um, you remember Spike? Yeah, I remember Spike. Spike must have called me a hundred times a week for six months because we're waiting with bated breath on product to show up. And so you start to reach and you start to pull and you're bringing in a new product going, hey, here's what it'll look like. Here's what it's going to run like. Here's your price point. And so what happens ultimately, and I don't, I don't know that the manufacturer ever catches on, is the relationship here is not damaged. Right. Because you can see what we're doing. And we see what you're doing. It's the provider. Yeah, everyone's pissed at the manufacturers. Yeah. So if you go back a few years and you look in your your books, you'll see you spent a lot of money with a certain tire company that you spend zero dollars with now. Right. And that whole deal happened right before that COVID and right after that COVID deal where you ended up switching out. And a whole nother manufacturer came in and provided something that worked for you. It worked for you on price point. It worked for you in performance. And you're like, why would I even ever switch back? You won't. Yeah. And as long as I'm in charge of uh, taking care of you, you won't. <laughs> <laughs> one of the one of the things that that differentiates us on a day to day basis is that we source most of our product direct from the manufacturer. So we are a Michelin dealer, a Bridgestone dealer, a Hinka. So we're getting it right out of their back door at their factory where most of our competitors are working through a third party wholesaler. Mm-hmm. When supply issues hit, we, we first turn to our other stores. Oh my gosh, I got a store in St. Louis. That's got six of these. Yeah, how do we get those six tires over right. here? Well, I've got nine tires that he could really use up in Michigan and so we were spending a lot of money trying to, to move tires around to satisfy customers. And then we started to have to turning to the third party wholesalers. Right. And, and you could just you watch your gross profit drop, 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 drop. And uh, so it, it, it took us a while to, to recover mm-hmm. from that kind of thing. So it forces you to buy bigger. Right. And so now I don't, you know, Tim, Tim controls most of the, the tour bus business out of Nashville, mm-hmm. um, tremendous market. 
Well, we used to keep 25 of these tires in stock because that was great. We could, you know, we just, every week we knew, but 25 would come in, 25 would go out, 25 would go. So all of a sudden we're buying 150, 200 of these. Right, right, Where right. We used to keep maybe $75,000 worth of product in a corner. All of a sudden you turn around, there's a quarter million. <laughs> because no one else in the earth has got this tire. Right. And that's when he's like, hey, where's Tim at? <laughs> <laughs> I need, uh, need to have a, need a little conversation yeah. with hey, Tim. What are you, you going to yeah. do with that mountain of stuff? Well, Don't worry about it. Yeah. You, we're shipping to Phoenix now. Yeah. We're shipping into California. <laughs> So you look at you look at what happened. Taylor Swift wasn't doing concerts for right. COVID. Right. Nope. Well, so her buses, she has 17 buses. They didn't need tires because they're not moving. Right. You know, the tractor, there's 34 tractor trailers on her tour. They're not moving. So they don't need tires. Mm -hmm. So all of a sudden product was just, man, we're sitting on the wrong stuff and we need this other stuff. 17 tour buses and 34 tractor trailers. You need to get in touch and with Taylor's people. Have she you, ever, owns you ever tried to buy one of her t-shirts? <laughs> They're not cheap. So. <laughs> she owns all that too. She, she doesn't, owns She doesn't use a leasing company anymore. She, uh, she's very smart. She bought all of her equipment. That's genius. The funny thing is. T-Swizzle Trans. Yeah. Some, <laughs> some of those guys are picking up on that. And so they'll buy and then they'll turn around and sell back to the leasing company what they bought when they upgrade and get new wow. ones. That's genius. You know, that brings up another point too. He's talking about reaching out to other best ones. One of the benefits of being a part of that is you, we could spend all day writing contacts out of our phones and not get to the bottom of the list because there's so many people out right, on the network that right. we know and we meet. And so there's nobody better than Wes McAdams at reaching into the farthest corners of the best one group <laughs> and saying, hey, I'm looking for this. What do you got? Let me look at my little network of veins and see how we can bleed it into our warehouse. But you guys he, need like a big group message. Oh, he's got we, <laughs> giant we, we have these huge emails with like 45 people in them. But he got really, really good at that because it was a unique opportunity to be connected to this group and really kind of show a huge benefit of it when the warehouse for the wholesaler didn't have it and the manufacturer didn't have it. He's got 300 other people he right, could talk to. And right, he, right, was, right. he could find things. Sometimes it'd take us a week, but he would find something and a guy might dust a cobweb out of it, but it'd show up one day slightly yellowed from sitting in the back of the <laughs> he would find it i tell you what he got good at that man spike spike god rest his whole was yeah. exactly like that like yeah. we'd we'd need some it was middle of covid we'd need some freaking volvo part and mm -hmm. he'd find it on ebay filters yeah. <laughs> filters oh yeah the damn yeah. filters man yeah. everything oh gosh Thanks for listening, everybody. We started this podcast because we love what we do and love getting to showcase the Taz brand. If you enjoyed what you heard, subscribe to our show wherever you listen to podcasts or follow us on Instagram at Taz Trucking.